0: Collector's Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. I'm
1: crispy. Oh. Let's do this. I'm missing an ear today. I left Is that like a the desert role? with two ears and now I only have one. That's, yeah,
2: that's all you need, man.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast that we call Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Bryce Johnson. And our super producer. Riley Bray. Oh, boy. How was that weekend in the Palm Desert, everyone? Epic. That shit was epic. We went poolside. Yeah. We saw a UFO saw a that might have been, yeah. probably was a, a balloon. It's not a balloon, Everyone Michael. Everyone says balloon. <laughs> it was a balloon. This is
2: what I, I was like, and I told Michael this I was like, uh, as I'm talking to my guest. We'll introduce her here soon. But I was like... uh I was like, you gotta let me finish watching this thing in case it makes any zigzags, you know? It's like, I want to eliminate balloon, but they were like, okay, we have we've, we've decided, let's move on. You didn't say, guys,
1: stop, or hey, leave me here, go back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: leave leave me here so I can stare we, at the we thing. We were
1: fifty feet away on a on like in a in a golf resort from the hotel. Yeah. We would have all survived. Yeah. Um, we of course are talking about our weekend in the palm desert at contact. In the desert, a UFO lovers convention, if we want to call it that, where we did our first live show. Thank you to to everyone who came to see us. Uh, Thank you to Katie, our super fan who sat in the front row. Yeah, shout out to uh, Katie and Her husband made her do it, but uh, it was worth it. Um, We had a great time. And I'm more scared of aliens than ever after talking to Daryl Sims. Good. He did Could his job. Could not sleep the night I got home from the convention. And In fact, at one point, I woke up and thought there was an alien gray standing next to my bed, and I punched the air and literally said, oh, no, you don't.
2: <laughs> nice. Well, at least you've been taking Daryl's advice. Don't just sit there placid. You got to punch him right in the face.
1: All right. uh, Returning to the show today is an amazing guest. She's one of our fan favorites uh uh i i've worked with her on many things she is many things being one thing but multiple episodes (laughs) of that one thing she's a a star of stage and screen you know her from crazy ex-girlfriend if you're a broadway fanatic you've seen her do a million things ladies and gentlemen please welcome back to the show ms donalyn champlin yay oh good golly miss molly how's it going
3: it's going very well, you know. I um, Michael asked me to come and do another podcast last week. Yeah, and um, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank there we go. So Super much. producer Riley eat, it, eat the mic. Eat yeah, it. <laughs> it's, it's it's it t- keeps tilt t- t- t-
1: tipping and tilting. We just
3: got oh, this yeah. place cleansed.
1: What the oh, fuck is happening? It's just a mic adjustment. It's not out
3: an- of you. I know, I
1: Yeah, we all just got back from the desert, guys. I
3: also just bound your uh, windows and doors when I came in. Oh, uh, thank you for doing that. We
1: appreciate all the help Um, we can get.
3: The reason why I did that is because. Um, you had asked me last week to come on. And of course, I love you guys. I love the podcast. I'm a huge fan. Aww. And um, I was like, absolutely, of course. And I actually started going through like my files and my pictures and stuff. And I was like, oh, is there anything I can talk because, about? Because
1: as we discussed your personal paranormal history last time, right? you are... Quick recap.
3: I am a Wiccan metaphysician for over 25 years, a ghost hunter. Um, you know, so I've been an occultist yes. for uh, many decades. And you can hear that love whole that. story
1: on the, uh, I think it's like episode 11, maybe, yeah. of mm-hmm. Bigfoot Collectors Club. So, yeah. I was like, Donna Lynn, you got to come back. I was like, fans w- love you. I would yes. love to. Listeners love uh, some DL.
3: And then. <laughs> You're already shaking your head. Um, and on smiling. Wednesday, May 29th, which was after you'd asked me to be on the show, um, I went to Zach Bagans... Um, Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. I've always
1: wanted to go there. Yeah. Real quick, who's Zach Bacon for those of our listeners who may not know that?
3: I hope I'm not saying his last name wrong. I believe it's Bacon. B-A-G-A-N. Zach is the host of the Travel Channel show, Ghost Adventures, and he is, I think, entering his 17th season. Jeez Louise.
1: Amazing. The dude who looks like he was in Third Eye Blind or... (laughs) Yeah. He d- yeah. he has, okay. definitely
3: has a very specific look. Um and uh I I have watched the show off and on for 17 years. I was a huge fan especially the first season and it's really funny to watch the difference between the first and second season because in the first season he's sort of a very gangly um you know unsure kind of just nerdy guy which I loved. Yeah. And um then like between season 1 and 2 I you know he, I think, Travel Channel knew what they had, and they were like, "Here, let's really like crystallize your persona." And so he he was he was jacked. Oh, like, he the hit the gym two. huh? Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, wearing all black," and you know, and it, his um, he was more aggressive on the show, and that ghosts was,
1: give you strength.
3: Well, I guess, <laughs> but I I have to say I am a fan, and I actually got a chance to meet him um, after my tour, and he couldn't have been nicer, and I shook his hand, and I just felt just kindness oh, good vibes and he awesome. is a, a good man um but the 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 prov- provocation that he does on the show he's very aggressive and he provokes a lot and for me that's just not it's like hey you looking at me ghosts i mean pretty he, much poke, yeah it's poker awesome. and a prodder huh? yeah which you know i'm not judging it's just not sort of checking my...
0: out these sweet apps <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you want some of that huh
3: <laughs> it's just not my personal style yeah, right. so um but though i did Tell you about that crazy episode where they went to Ireland. Um, if there's any any ghost adventure fans, you know what I'm talking about. Where they they went to this uh, very haunted castle in Ireland, and they got security footage from the um, from the castle, and it is astonishing. Really. Um, but anyway, I, I think he's the real deal, and I think he also has a great respect for what he's doing, which I very much appreciate. So he has in the last year. It's only been open a year. He has opened a haunted museum where he has and he has you know he's been on the show 17 years I mean, he has yeah, quite a bit of money no small feat. and he you know he has chosen to use uh, this money to purchase um a haunted sort of mansion in Las Vegas and then fill it very large place with um haunted objects <laughs> macabre oh, how fun. objects mm-hmm. he has but he has and he has spent I don't know, honestly, but it looks like, I would say, multi-millions of dollars. This is like
1: when Kentucky Fried Chicken came out with the double down, where it was like... (laughs) It was like a hamburger that <laughs> instead ridiculous. of bread, it was like two fried chicken breasts at, yeah. in place of the bread. <laughs> yes. It's like, let's get something that's like m- too much and then f- just pump it full of even more.
0: <laughs> it the ghosts is... of the chicken in this. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. His... I kind of wasn't haunted, yeah. ghosts. following ghosts there.
0: wrapped in ghosts. His okay. collection, <laughs> yeah. though, I you. have
3: to say is, is, astonishing and and he has curated it with incredible care and with a lot of artistry and but he has some objects in there that are considered some of the most demonically possessed in the world
2: does he live in that house
3: i don't think so i think he he spends a lot of time in there he has a separate residence i'm sure right um but he has the dybbuk box that Dibbett box Dybbuk needs to box.
1: bounce. It needs to get out of here. <laughs> he Goodbye. has
3: uh, Bella Lugosi's mirror. He has Peggy the doll. He has, um, he bought the Demon House in Connecticut, bought the whole house. Amityville? Wow. No. Um, What's the much demon more house? recent.
1: Connecticut's New York is it or Amityville's Connecticut? New York? I believe
3: it's Connecticut. Did you guys hear about, you know, the the family with the young children and the kid walked was in the oh, hospital? Oh, this is the
1: haunting in Connecticut.
3: Nope, different. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but the kid was there was a social worker at the hospital and the the social worker was holding the hand of the child and the child walked backwards up the wall. Oh, this hell is no. The
1: haunting of wall. Emily Rose?
3: Nope. Uh, it's Is called The Demon House. this Close encounter to the Third Keep Time. naming movies. It's <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> no. Park 2. But <laughs> he bought the entire house, and then he transferred the most possessed parts of the house and a, a, tons of dirt and put it into the exhibit. Now, again, I will say... <laughs> this guy's
1: building a nuclear a ghost hobbyist. bomb. But so
3: did yeah, Lorraine <laughs> Warren. Yes. I think of which he has he has taken some of her collection The rocking as
2: well.
3: chair. Right so he's
2: like some people like trains
3: yeah but i will <laughs> say again though i could feel his wards and he has been very responsible with some of these more demonic objects first of all they're optional on the tour which i think is incredibly incredibly respectful i personally opted out yeah i opted out of most of the options Yeah, uh, of the like i opted out of the dibbit box i i opted out of most of them because i just thought you know i could see it from here
1: Oh, yeah. Good. Now, when yep. you say opted out, just getting a closer look
3: at it. Yeah, in most or in some cases, like looking directly in it. Or there was Peggy the doll, where it's like you know staring into the arc can, of the cabinet. Do covenant. you want five
2: minutes alone with this object? Well, <laughs> no. kind of. No.
3: And so here's where my here's my where my story begins.
1: Before we get there, yes, I have, baby. I know. I'm so excited about this, and I'm just jumping all over it. Can you briefly explain? Peggy the doll yes. and Bella Lugosi's mirror
3: yes. because both of
1: those sounded awesome.
0: Hold on, and um, also at the risk of sounding like a noob, what is a dibbit? Box? I don't, I don't Dibbic. know what a dibbit box okay. is. A yeah. Dibbit
3: box is. Um, I don't, I don't. We should really look it up and Google it and read it correctly. But my, what I can remember is that it is there is it's a, a Jewish. Um, demon, mm. and it is it's a part of the, the the Judaism and that belief system, and trapped in the the dibek box is this horrible horrible uh, demon entity that has been summoned and trapped, and if you open the box, apparently every person who has opened this box has died almost immediately. Wow. Um, and then getting it back in the box, I I would imagine, is, is it's difficult. like a bad
2: Ark of the Covenant or a something. A box
1: yes, wow. is a wine box which is said to be haunted by a Dybbuk. A Dibbock is a restless, usually malicious spirit believed to be able to haunt and even possess the living. Um, the box gained notoriety when it was auctioned on eBay. And uh, Anyway, uh, yes, it is from the term. Biz- Dybbuk box was first created and used by Kevin Manis, uh, who was the guy who sold it. Blah blah blah. Anyway, yeah, it has its, a movie too. Yeah, The Possession. Mm. Um, but it has its roots in um, Judaic. In, yeah, yeah, in like uh, folklore. Yes, L- along like tulpas come from. Uh, I think also Jewish folklore.
3: Yeah, I think? and he's got it in a separate room. Which I'm sure is aligned with, you know, lead or whatever you need to do. The The box itself is within, I think, two or three layers of, like, plastic yeah. or whatever. And he's got 24-7 Judaic chants all around at right. it like, the whole time.
1: Hebrew ch- Is it in Hebrew or Yiddish?
3: I honestly don't know. We're an idiot. I, we're idiots. I mean, we're where's I'm Rachel just Bloom, and we need her. her. She's going to be We so just spent at four us. years on a she very so Jewish show, and we are we're like we're
1: just wasping I and ca- we, yeah, I don't know. catholicizing the crap out of this. Right. All good.
3: Stupid white people. But yep. um, so but so again, I I have great respect for the pains that he has taken to ward the shit out of this stuff, sure. and in fact. Um, I could feel... And I'm an empath, which we established in the last mm-hmm. thing. So I rarely feel anything physically. I feel emotions. um, And I feel weight and temperature. But I, I don't feel vibrations. I don't hear. I don't see anything. And I'm telling you, every room that had a ward in it... I'm not kidding. It was at a different pitch, but it would be like...
2: Dzzz. Wow.
3: And then I walk into another room and be like... Dzzz. And you could... Yeah, I think good. what I was feeling was the because the pushback of the power of the objects was so intense against the wards like I actually felt it. You know when you stand like on a on a on a, on a an electrical line that's mm-hmm. ungrounded.
1: Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm.
3: that. award
1: and a wards just a talisman that is protecting, blocking energy,
3: it can be anything from what is that?
1: that's that freaks me Sorry. out for a real that's segment. exactly
3: the, that's exactly the sound and the feeling DL's Sorry. phone just, wow. vibrated. just when went vibrate, vibrate, but it, that's exactly what it is again that's why I awarded I, I because I'm my hands are freezing because I'm still shaken from my experience anyway um award can be uh anything from a physical talisman or chanting or prayers okay. or binding uh you know um of a of an object or uh, in, in various different ways. You know, so there's multiple ways to, to ward or bind. In example. a vampire
1: movie, holding up the cross garlic. against a vampire or garlic, yes. those are wards. Yes. Okay, so who's Peggy the doll, real quick, and what's Bella Lugosi's mirror?
3: Okay, Bella Lugosi's mirror, as far as I can remember from the the tour, is it was Bella Lugosi's mirror. He was very much into the occult, and he used to summon and use the mirror Ooh, as a conjuring device. That's great. And. I don't remember exactly what happens if you look into the mirror, but I remember when they said, this is what happens, I was like, peace out. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and so, and again, it's really great because they're like, who would like to... Opt out of looking directly into the mirror, and it was always me, and yeah. <laughs> there was nobody else. And I was like, "Don't you guys know what's happening?"
2: I'm with you. I ain't yeah. taking no hitchhiker home.
3: But it was it's a bit it's a conjuring anything that has been used actively to conjure mm-hmm. something, or it's basically an open portal. Sure. And once you open a portal, I don't even know if it's possible to close it. But you know, those are the things you got to really be careful about and be careful with. And I, I, me personally, I don't tempt it in any way no
1: one is uh you got your back yeah Yeah.
3: Yeah. um and then peggy the doll i don't know what her history is um but apparently also demonically possessed and what they've got in her room is that a very staticky ghost box where it's constantly
1: like a spirit box
3: (laughs) spirit box and every once in a while a word will pop out Mm -hmm. and so what you do is you have to when you go in say hi Peggy and you have to when you leave say bye Peggy um and then you are allowed to ask questions and but they say you know and you can look her in the eyes if you want to risk having a heart attack you know that kind yeah. of thing oh my god you should have seen the waiver we all had to sign before we walked in are you kidding me I don't blame him I don't blame him at, at all at Jeez, all I could- almost almost you guys and look I have been present at all fucking exorcisms i'm not kidding i looked at that waiver and i almost walked away yeah i did
1: right how would anyone and sidebar ju- i mean n- not that we're we're obviously all signed up for this we did all agree that ghosts are real Ghosts are real. we've yeah. officially said okay official bcc uh belief system yeah. ghosts are real for sure um how would you ever prove if something bad happened to you in a court of law happened because you were in that?
3: Let's actually, I have a very interesting story about that Fantastic. with Lorraine Warren. Okay. Zach has, well, can I remind me to tell you at the end Great. because it comes at the tail end of my story. Fantastic. A particular artifact that ties into a court of law Great. with Lorraine Warren I'm defending so someone as I'm, possessed. Copy I, that. Okay.
2: Here I go. Here, Here we, we go. Sit in, sit in back. Let's do sit it. In.
3: So... I know what I'm walking into, right? So I ward up like a motherbuck. <laughs> what are ward up, dog? I don't want to say, but they are com- and I spent hours I, my tour was at one. I spent hours.
2: You started at nine a.m.
3: Visualizing and sh- just saying prayers and calling on my my guides and my angels for protection, and you know, send me a sign if this is something I shouldn't do. I've got till one o'clock. You know, my eyes are open, and um, then I also have a text chain with other light workers, um, which Michael is familiar with, and um, I asked for their support between. The hours so you of called in, in four. the Avengers. I called in the you Avengers. You suited up in your
1: Mach 3 And I said armor. to them,
3: I didn't tell them where I was going. I said, I'm going into a very uh, supercharged, negative energy area. So between 1 and 4, will you please send light and make sure that I'm protected? And they were like, copy that. So not only was I super... And then I wore tons of talismans i wore literally every talisman (laughs) that i have here in los angeles made for me by a light worker yeah and i was like i think i'm good so i walked in basically on spiritual novocaine which was how i wanted it (laughs) nothing was getting in nothing was getting out love that and i purposely in my visualizations tried to give myself an invisibility cloak You know, because sometimes when you ward up, you can look like a bug light. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you know, and demonic negative energies. They're like cockroaches. You shine a light on them and they're like, Mm -hmm. you don't like it. So, so I go in, I sign my waiver. I almost, I almost turn around. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I've done, taken every precaution. I'm fine. And I walk in the lobby and all I want to do is go to sleep. Which, again, not surprising because the energy in that place—it's like you know in Ghostbusters where they're like, "That's a big Twinkie." Yes, it's, it's that. Yeah, it is that. And so I thought this is fine. Nothing. I didn't feel anything negative, aggressive, nothing. I just felt like I just wanted to get on the floor and take a nap. And um, you know, I was like, "It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine." And th- honestly, and the staff there. Fantastic. The security, fantastic. Like I can't say enough positive things about the place and the people in it. I really can't.
1: Think about having a job at that place. Well,
3: that I was I spoke um with one of the tour guides for a little bit about that. I just I had to ask. So anyway so I do the whole tour. I've got some I've got some people on my tour I'm a little concerned about, but um other than that. <laughs> I a four year old girl whose
2: head is turning. Well,
3: you know, I honestly I was more she just seemed very obsessed with Zach.
2: Uh
3: she seemed a little stalkery. I was uh, concerned for him um but I wasn't <laughs> concerned that she was you know dabbling Might I on show the tour you to the dipping box
4: no. <laughs>
3: but I it was funny because I did though the only time my Spidey sense was up was with this woman mm. and uh I did the whole thing um you know I I opted out of some of the stuff which we've already discussed and I had no incident I felt at no time any aggressive attack on me or anybody in the tour which was by design yeah so um one of the tour guides was actually a fan of the show and it's so funny like every time I go someplace they're like I'm not supposed to do this at work but I'm a huge fan of the show <laughs> which means uh-huh. they say that to everyone Everybody, that they've seen on totally, TV and they I love it and I'm always like that's totally fine I won't yeah. tell anybody unless I'm on a podcast right <laughs> and um she was lovely and I, I you know I I said to her um how do you work here how, 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 do you, I said, all I want to do is fall asleep from the sec. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm just it, climbing the stairs is tight. Ty- I'm, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. And, uh, she, and it's funny cause this is how, you know, it's legit. And she's like, well, you know, uh, you know, like in the, in the, you know, like, and I went and got some milk. Like, you know, she's like, well, you know, stuff happens. And she's like, you notice none of the tour guides go into Peggy's room because, you know, any of the tour guides go in. Like once they get to know you, the entities get to know you in here, they, they don't like you because, you, you know, they like the new people. They're nice to the, relatively nice to the tour guests because right. they're new. And she's like, tour guides don't go in Peggy's room because the box will always say, die, bitch, or I will kill you. Whoa, Peggy, so the slow tool- your roll, But this is how girl. she said it, though. She's just like, you know, so I just don't go in there. Right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. And she's like, but she did say something incredibly uh, smart and profound which was she said when i first started working here it was very hard and i was very scared and i i i had a lot of incidents she said and then i realized that really it's only about the power that i give these things so i kind of turned a corner and realized if i don't give them power right then they don't have power over me she said and a lot of it stopped
1: that's Mm -hmm. amazing that echoes a lot of what adela levine said on her last episode i I
2: vibe
3: with that and i was like Copy that. That makes total sense to me. And um, I also, did. you know, I did feel something in the Peggy room, which was funny because I did ask her a question. I kept my head down and my hands in my pockets and uh, my eyes closed. And I didn't say a word in that room because I was, again, invisible was my goal. Invisible. And uh, But I said, Peggy can't like that that spirit box on Mm 24-7. That must piss her off. Off, and she looked at me, she went, Well, she's a demon, like, what, like, literally, like, what do we care if she's You know, she's right. not, it's not like it's somebody's sweet grandmother, it's you know, and I was like, Ah, oh, right, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I guess, I guess, but so. do we
1: want to, like,
3: fuck but I remember honestly, that was the thing that overwhelmed my mind in that room was how annoyed. The doll must be by the box. And if I had asked a question in that room, that's the question I would have asked mm-hmm. of the doll. Wow. How much do you hate this spirit box? He's
0: like, I gotta be honest. I would love like five minutes just give without me five that minutes. fucking thing.
3: I just want some I'll, peace and quiet. I'll, I'll chill good. out on the
0: die, bitch, I'll be if good. I can get fucking <laughs> 10 minutes. yeah.
3: Um... But yeah, but I mean, again, the staff was and they're they're so matter of fact about the stuff that happens. They were like, Oh, you know, uh, just a couple days ago, a man who was standing right where you're standing now, sir. He had a sensation of and of course, they have cameras. 24-7 going mm-hmm. on in that place. They have already, in the past year, caught so much, I mean, shit moving around and doors opening and orbs, you know, tons of orbs and, you oh. know, stuff being unplugged and things being thrown. I and... wonder
2: what it's like having all that wow. stuff in one house, like how all those different energies feel about being stuffed into I a box. C-
3: I just can't. I I, I can't. I can't it's even. so weird. So. Uneventful, met his mother in the gift shop, lovely woman. Zach came out, met him, kind, kind man. He seems very exhausted and was very
2: <laughs> orally gray.
3: Um does
2: she work in the gift shop? She does. Oh and no, that's she amazing. Is adorable. Oh, that's great.
3: And I had a wonderful experience, bought a cup of, bought a key for my collection. Nice mm-hmm. and got in a lift and I sent a text to my my um, you know, spirit friends and said, I'm out. Made it. Please check and make sure I'm clean and that I did not drag anything out with me. And so I took a picture of all my stuff. Of all my bracelets, which I'm wearing now.
1: You're holding up your bracelets. Um and for beads. my friend.
3: Yes. Numerous bracelets, all made with light. And I took a friendly picture in the lift saying, See, I wore your stuff. Thank you so much for the protection. So I have that picture. Oh dear. And you can see, I'm showing the guys. And I and
1: this will all be up on the Instagram. Yes. um, (laughs) um, Go to it now.
3: You've you've got all my stuff there, right? Yeah, I see your beads. So
1: So let me see the photo.
3: The photo is, you see both wrists. Yeah, showing up,
1: taking a selfie with one, and then taking a picture of the other wrist with the beads. Like, I did it.
3: Right. I get home. I go to my hotel room. And I take off all my stuff And I'm tooling around I'm not even thinking about it And I go to reach for something And I look And I see on my arm Are three huge scratches Oh shit,
2: you got got
3: And welts going up to a little below my elbow Now, so many questions Um, Again, Mm. as somebody who's a, a ghost hunter And I've been present at things Wow Oh, um, it gets better. Um. Normally, when you are scratched by a demonic entity, it burns. Mm-hmm. And it burns immediately. And I felt nothing. And also, because I took the picture in the lift, the scratches are here under where the bracelets were. But then there are all these welts above it, which are not in the picture in the lift.
1: Of the bracelets. Of you with the bracelets. Right. Right.
3: So... My question is, another question I would have as a, you know, someone... Bed bugs
1: in the lift? (laughs) Unlikely.
3: But here's the thing. So I've worn these bracelets all day as an experiment. And if I'd had an allergic reaction to these beads, which is unlikely because I've worn them many, many times before. If I'd had an allergic reaction, there would be Mm. tenderness, itching, burning, just a normal injury. If I'd hurt myself, some, scratched myself, I would have felt something, but it was like having makeup on. It was so bizarre. And also the scratches are going in the opposite direction of where my, where my bracelets lie. So, I'm, so I thought, wow, okay. So I text Michael immediately
4: <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> holy do.
3: shit, dude, what's going on? And so I start to document it. Because I figure whatever this is, I'm going to send it to Zach um, because he's clearly documenting other things that happened at his museum. And just for my own satisfaction, in case anything really, really crazy or horrible goes down, and I have dragged something with me.
1: Totally. That was
3: my main concern is that they popped up. should that waiver. (laughs) I know. After I came home or came to the hotel, that's when these marks presented themselves. And I was like, Fuck.
1: Were they there when you took off the I don't know. That's the thing, because you weren't paying attention. It wasn't until you I reached. wasn't. But
3: I will tell you when I reached, it wasn't a minute later. Right,
1: right. right so right, I right. think
3: I would have remembered had I done something. But still that wouldn't explain the welts on the top. No,
1: no, no, no. But I, I know that.
3: I but as a as a ghost hunter, I, I have been asked, you know, I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. I, Why didn't it burn? That doesn't yeah, make sense. I, I was just
1: curious if maybe the war, maybe it had a lingering effect. For example, yeah. side not quite sidebar, but our guest at the live show, Daryl Sims, who deals with E.T.'s aliens, he talks about that often that victims who have been abducted, the the entities, if they've touched their skin, hand mark. leave markings behind that can be seen with Fluorescent light fluorescent under bla- yeah, under like black lighting black lighting up yeah. to days if not weeks later right so I'm wondering if while the wards were on nothing's getting through that's what I but think. the moment you take it up there like, they are they they grow they yeah. they rise to the surface or they appear yeah it would have been really cool the cool, I know to like, I see wish I could see been them appear in weird well of course you were you were if like been there done that
3: so then. I go into immediate damage control. I start cleansing, warding. I I start th- pr- protecting and binding the entire hotel suite. I t- I look at my kid who's sitting there playing on the iPad. I throw him in a bubble of light. I, mm-hmm. you know, and You're I sat down next to him. The shit out of I mean, place. <laughs> I was like
4: what the <laughs> fuck. So then I'm
3: sitting next to him and then all of a sudden we were in a suite. Um, and the lights go out only in the room that we're in. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I, I mean, I am like, I'm texting Michael. I'm texting my, my spirit friends on my text chain. I'm like, throw every like nuclear option. I am not messing around. My kid is here throw everything you've got at me ladies i'm this is not a drill
1: care bear stare time oh
3: my lord have mercy <laughs> and so but here's the thing i didn't feel now again i don't know if i'm still on spiritual novocaine and not feeling anything on purpose that's the other terrifying thing is i'm an empath
1: right <laughs> Right,
3: that's my tool.
1: You just like drugged yourself mm. up. I, serious. I did. You were on like spiritual, like heroin. Yeah, yeah. You were just like I'm fucking stone. And here. I thought it
3: was like this. That's the that's the call to make. So. I'm documenting it, and then the 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 um, if you flip it get they get darker as the night goes on. Oh, the, Should
2: I flip? The scratches. Yeah,
3: go ahead and flip oh my to God. the next Cause page because they're pretty
2: red on this first page,
3: and they're actually more red in the actual pictures. My printer kind of blows, oh, but yeah. I've seen the photos. Mike's seen them, so um, and then all of a sudden, the next morning, it's like they're practically gone. Mm. And then in rep- when once- did the lights come back on? They didn't. <laughs>
1: Even like flip 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 they flip. They didn't. Flip. I
3: left him alone. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Wow. I couldn't. <sighs> um so then when the redness started to go, fingerprint bruises started to yeah. come up underneath. And that's when I realized that it looked like Wow. A big
1: that's Hand later. Mm-hmm.
3: Head grabs.
1: That's later. After that, Holy you're bru- shit. You were f- like, and I still legit have the bruises. Wow, yeah, those, yeah, that's this. no joke. You can that, still those are bruises. See the
3: bruises, and that's still there. I don't. That might be a scar, but Whoa. you can still v- vaguely see them. That
1: looks like you, like, really, someone really grabbed your arm.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then a night later, my my phone was on my side table off not on vibrate off and uh i woke up thank god at like 7 a.m not 3 15 a.m thank god mm-hmm. um it it flew off the it woke up i woke up because it, it landed on the floor loud enough to wake me up
1: the phone did. the phone
3: did and i was like Mother? How, f-
1: how far from where it was
3: I'm, i mean probably i'd say it was probably three inches from the edge okay Honestly, I can't say for sure, though, because, yeah, you know, it, at night I'm sleepy. But I put not it, on the edge. But it, you know, 7 a.m. out of nowhere, it falls. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, I have made an appointment with one of my most powerful uh, psychic friends who also has decades of 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 um, um, work in the paranormal world. Um, She's a she's a paranormal person. She was on mm. on a show, investigator. Investigator, thank you. And um, because I still, it's so funny because I believe in all this stuff. Again, I've I've been I've captured orbs. I've captured EVPs, but something about this I couldn't I couldn't accept.
2: A little too personal. I
3: couldn't accept it, and so I was waiting for somebody to tell me that it wasn't real.
1: Right. Oh, so when you say I couldn't accept it, do you mean like? I believe that what happened is a demon or entity grabbed me, but I'm not having that. Or do you mean I can't even believe this? I
3: can't even believe it. Mostly because I wanted to think, I kept going back over. I was like, where could I have hurt? Where could I have done it? Your skeptical
1: mind kicked in.
3: Totally. Because, and also there are some things that don't follow. It didn't burn, which is not normal. And they rose after I left the building. Those are two things that are very abnormal and not normal in this sort of scratching right. situation. Mm-hmm. So those are my outs mm-hmm. in my skeptical brain who was just like, I don't want to really believe that this actually happened to yeah, me. Yeah, but how do you know they
1: rose after you were in the building? Well, I because do you know had. They-
3: I do know this part rose right. after the lift because we have the picture from the lift right. You're that okay. shows You're right. this area is totally mm-hmm. clear. Your upper forearm. Yeah. Hmm. So I spoke to... But we do know
1: for sure they were definitely there once the bracelet. came I took, the, I took came everything off. off. I took all my off. That's the one off. thing we're sure about.
3: So I spoke to my friend. We spoke for 80 minutes and she was tossing cards and the devil card and the high priestess card reversed came up. Numerous, 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 mm. numerous times. So and I'm from, taking it that
2: that's not good. It's
3: not good. <laughs> um, so basically, what she said was, and again, like I told her what happened, and she's throwing the cards. She's not saying anything to me. And so finally, I'm like, so. What do you think? I mean,
4: <laughs> that's, I mean, it did burn,
3: and they they didn't show up until I got home. I'm like, good, right? I don't know. Maybe it was the soap at the hotel, and she was like, "Oh no, girl, you got attacked." She was like, "No question." She was like, "Are you questioning that?" And I was like, "I don't want it to be real." And she was like, "No, no, no, for sure. Yeah, no, that definitely happened." Um, but she and she said that um you probably were so warded up that you it could mark you but not latch. Mm. And she said it sort of was like a symbolic fuck you. Mm. It was, I'm going to let you know that I got gotcha,
1: Yeah. But
3: I can't hurt you because you're too warded up. I can't hurt you, but I will let you know that I got gotcha. you. I was there. Yeah.
2: I was there. He tagged you. He tagged me. Like uh, yep. graffiti style. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, what's interesting is like, is you're trying to like be invisible, but do you think that like all these talismans made you sort of stand out from the others?
3: Light. I was a bug light. And also, she said, she said, well, of course they didn't come up until you took your talins- talismans off. Like, that's hilarious because she's mm-hmm. like, duh. Yeah, but a
1: bug light zaps bugs. So you should have, you might have been lit up, but you should have zapped him. Well, Maybe this is did. what
3: she thinks happened. She said, I feel like because there is a high priestess upside down, she said that's a practitioner. So she said, I feel like there was somebody on your tour who was dabbling and and conjuring uh, while you were on the tour, and you mm. got caught in the crossfire. You know who that I was? And I, I was like, you know, it's it. so funny because Fangirl there, was, 69. there yeah. was somebody on that tour who was Fangirl
1: six 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 nine nine nine. And I said, you know, what's funny?
3: I kept my distance from her. If she was in the front, I was in the back. If I was, if she was in the back, I was in the front. Like I, I, you know she she made me uncomfortable. And um, she said, that's probably it. She probably was dabbling and conjuring the whole time, and you got caught in the middle. She said, or, Instead of being an invisibility cloak, you walked in there like a big, huge, you know, hello, Dolly. Hello, And You can't mess with me, or you can. And she was like, you know, they said, it looks like whatever it was was trying to rip that stuff off your wrist. It was mm. trying to get rid of it. And holding she said, holding like,
1: your wrist with one and then clawing rip, at them with off. the other, maybe.
3: And she said, here's the good news is that it did not follow you she said that thing wants nothing to do with you it wanted you out she said did you feel and she was like did you said you feel really sleepy did you feel she said that thing just wanted you unconscious and out of the building what Mm. about the lights she said now this is where again i go Mm -hmm. um she said because i was in such overdrive of cleansing and energetic work and freaking out and trying to clean my son and trying to clean the room and bind right. and whatever. She said, you could have honestly blown a fuse. Telekinetically uh-huh. blown some shit. Great. Sure. And I was like, "I that would be easier for me to believe if I've ever had an episode in my entire life where I had telekinetic powers and I have not. And she was like, oh, have you been clawed by a demon before? And I was exactly. like,
2: Exactly. All new to me. (laughs) Have you
1: hoarded up that
3: heavily before? I never had in my life. That's the thing. Right. And so she actually thinks that it was either me blowing a fuse or my guides working so hard that they were just knocking shit off.
1: Well, now, and I'm just, you know, pea shooting here. Yeah. But if you're also with your child in that room, there's an amplification happening there. Oh, I lost my... Ever you know what mind. I mean? Yeah. So like that ha- being being by your son is going to be an emotional trigger for an empath as well, especially when you're concerned yeah. and you're in mama bear mode. Yeah. Right? So maybe it just did go into overdrive. Oh,
3: and my child You know child like a spiritual now,
1: adrenalin- adrenaline rush. Yeah. Mm.
3: My child now has a nightly ritual that we do. Um and he he's I walk I walk him through it and we do it together and he is just tucked in tight every night. and um, It's uh, the DL household's version of saying prayers. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, we're done. I put my whole... Right? I put my shit together, and I put it in an envelope to send to Zach. And um, (laughs) so then the next day, an article comes out on TMZ, which you also have the link to, that the day before... I had been at the museum on May 28th. I was there the 29th.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: There had been he had opened up a new exhibit which was the rocking chair that Michael was referencing earlier. And they had, and and they released the 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 cameras that they opened that exhibit and that rocking chair the door to its exhibit opened and it the light unplugged and a woman who was on a tour had a fainting episode and was screaming, Why is this happening to me? She was inconsolable. She passed out. And then five tour guides became inconsolable. Oh, now, geez. and those tour guides, again, I have to say, I met them the next day. Nobody said a word. Right. They were all incredibly professional. They were all. Maybe
2: that was a whole other shift.
3: Might have been. <laughs> but. Because of what happened, he closed that exhibit because I did not see that chair, but the chair was still there. And the woman who fainted was in the stairwell above where the chair was. So Mm. that shit can travel clearly out of its room, straight up, straight up out of that room. And I will bet you anything that when I was in, and I remember because I had said to the tour guide, it's so hard to go up the, you stairs. Mentioned the stairs. yeah. Because I remembered having mm. a moment on the stairs just thinking, I just, I gotta, is there a, can I sit somewhere? I just need to close my eyes.
2: Mm. I feel like this guy's going to burn a portal open oh. in the Nevada desert. <laughs> yeah, <seriously. laughs> just like I mean, gonna, but here's the know? thing. Again, though,
3: I respect the fact that he was... He re- he closed it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like in another, shut it down. In another right. person's hands, who was more right irresponsible, yeah. they would have <laughs> kept repair. that shit open. You know what I mean? Like they didn't I want an Amity Island right.
1: shark incident. Um,
3: but I will bet you anything. That's what got me. I, I, you know. That
1: rocking chair belonged in Elizabeth Warren's personal collection. Yes, and, and, in Lorraine. and
3: he bought it. The like and from the from the brother. Okay, hmm. here's the story. This is not the Demon House. This is the Connecticut one um a house in connecticut Mm -hmm. different um a young boy i think age 11 was possessed and that rocking chair was in the room and i guess it took the kid was possessed by multiple multiple entities and the warrens were coming ed and lorraine warren very famous famous demonologists and uh, on whom the the conjuring movies are, are based and um They came in and them and like, I think it took numerous priests to exercise this kid. Now, meantime, the boy has a sister and the sister has a fiance. Um, And I forget his name. I want to say Cheyenne. I I can't remember his name exactly. And... The boyfriend was very protective of the, bo- of the boy who had been possessed. And apparently at one point, and he was present for the exorcisms. And at one point he said, taunting the demon out of the child, come into me. You know, you're, so, oh you're a bully. God. Don't pick on a kid. I dare you. I dare you. Come into me. And I actually, because I've been investigating this. I've got chills now. I've been investigating the crap out of this since all this happened to me. And I found out about the chair, and Ed Warren is in an interview which you can find on YouTube where he says, "We saw him disappear. the boy that the the man that we knew and loved and was a wonderful, wonderful guy. We saw in his eyes, he left, and then if a couple of minutes later, he came back and he it wasn't him anymore. And we knew that the entity or an entity of the many. Had jumped into this guy.
1: Sorry, kid, you are on your own. Right, you're on your own. So right. the kid
3: gets you can do healed. It. You're doing
2: great, kid.
1: The yeah. kid
3: gets healed.
1: God. And
3: Ed Warren, I think he regrets. I mean, he says, of course, in hindsight, I watched it. I thought, and we, they told me, get out. They said, you can't, don't, don't say that. Get to get out, get out, get out. But it was too late. Yeah. And so this very. Kind, gentle, mild mannered man, all of a sudden starts to exhibit signs of he, he's becoming angry, he's becoming sullen, he's becoming depressed, and he gets into an argument with his landlord, who was also very, very good friends with him and his fiance, and kills him. becomes come and and he doesn't remember a thing, doesn't remember what happened, and so of course he's put on trial, and Ed and Lorraine Warren come to testify
0: on his behalf on
3: his behalf and says he was possessed this is what we do we're demonologists we watched it happen and he said the
1: devil made me do it the right? devil made
3: me do it yeah that's the that's that case and the rocking chair that was in the room apparently Part of the possession, maybe one of the entities flew into it or attached to it. But that rocking chair would rock back and forth. And Ed and Lorraine Warren has said that they saw the devil or a devil sitting in that chair, and that it's you know it flew all (sighs) over the room. So now that chair is a new exhibit at Zach bagan's haunted museum. It opened the day before I went. There was a huge multiple incidences. I went the next day. It was closed. But the chair was there. But the chair and the thing was there and it was pissed and it, it got me.
2: It's like a new demon roommate. And they're so, all their, their, The house is like, fuck! Yeah, he's, gotta,
3: he's just got to bind the shit out of it. Like, I think well, he probably ne- didn't realize. And you're okay. I am. I am 100% okay, everybody. My family is okay. My son is okay. Nothing is attached to me, and nothing will get through the many, many, many. I'm not tempting Ooh. fate. I'm just pu- I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out to the universe. I am 100% clean, which if you just tuned in, I'm not talking about drugs. Um, <laughs> but yeah. That's, Someone just that pressed, is presses story, play you on the podcast.
1: She's like, I'm Ugh. going straight to minute 45. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good place yeah. to start. Yeah. Yikes.
3: Yeah. That's
0: wild. That's a that's a crazy ass story. I know. Do you think that putting all these items in this context and constantly bringing a parade of people in front of them is like charging them up even more?
3: Possibly. But here's the thing. Lorraine, Definitely. Lorraine and Ed yeah. Warren had a very similar exhibit. And I think some of the pieces from their exhibit are now in in Zach's museum mm-hmm. and they just you know every day they'd have a priest come and and you know do prayers and i think you know if they they take precautions it's safe
2: it's almost like this is probably better that they're all under house under house arrest well, as opposed said, to yeah. like yeah, as now opposed to like floating about you know it's like a uh, around. Frat house he yeah. says now
3: he, people he'll come out and people have thrown stuff either mailed them to him with no return address or name objects saying this thing is haunted this is what it does right to keep it like, please
1: get
0: rid like he'll away. come Orange he'll see is the stuff new black magic. people have right. like thrown right. stuff
3: over the fence and again uh, you know with a note saying this is what this does right Take it.
2: Take it, please. God. I mean well, better in you're the hands of braver than I, you will not find me. In- better in the
3: hands of I say someone like Zach who at least knows what he's doing is taking precautions as far as I could tell. Right. Yeah, yeah. Than out there in the world.
2: Yeah. I, I would agree oh, with man. that. That's well, crazy. Glad you're okay. Thank yeah. you. That and demon it was optional. Better fuck I signed off. a waiver. Yeah. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It was my choice. Oh, are are man. demon
0: handprints specifically in the waiver or I mean, kind of.
3: Kind of. And it's so funny because they were like, they were crazy about those waivers in the front. And, like, and I was yeah. like, all right, God, we're signing them. Jeez. And now knowing what happened the day before, would yeah. right. like, you go oh, back? Of course. Of course. No, uh uh-uh. uh. Never. No, uh uh-uh. uh. I'll never go back. You're good. Done.
2: Been there,
1: done good. that. Never. All right. Well, we're going to play a game with yeah. you. we That's an amazing story, by the way.
2: Yeah, that's why
3: I took up your whole podcast. On no, no, not it's at all. good. It's we got a
1: whole other it. section of the podcast. Trust me. All right. We're about to take up all your time. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh shit! This is a rapid fire game. I'm going to go down a list of oh, cryptids, creatures, entities, concepts. Say again. Cryptids, creatures, entities, concepts. Okay. And if you believe in it, you'll say believe it. Uh huh. If you don't, you'll say bullshit. There's no in between.
3: Well, this might be there the could be an emotional in between. This might yeah. be
1: there could be an emotional in between. But you only can say bullshit or believe it. Okay. Here we go. On your mark Get set Okay Ghosts Believe it UFOs Believe it Bigfoot Believe it Angels Believe it Gnomes Believe it Unicorns Believe it Shadow people Believe it Loch Ness Monster Believe it Little gray aliens Believe it Dog Man Don't know It's a shadow entity or physical entity that's kind of like Sasquatch but it has the head of a dog Believe it Parallel universes Believe it The Loveland frogman, Don't know it's a weird entity that they've seen that looks like a frog with big glowing eyes in around Loveland, Ohio. Believe it. Mermaids. Believe it. Heaven. Believe it. Hell. Believe it. Yeti. Believe it. Venusians, a.k.a. hot blondes from Venus. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> oh, men, so too. So a to a so Why'd you throw not, that not throw new one? That's <laughs> a new one. <laughs> not just
3: women, men, too. Yeah, bullshit. Uh, ESP.
1: Yeah. Believe it. Chupacabra. Believe it. Demons.
3: Believe it.
1: Atlantis. Believe it. Bat squatch. What? Like like a Sasquatch, but it has wings and it kinda looks like a big like bat demon thing. It's in uh near Mount Rainier, Washington in the late nineties. Believe it. Life on other planets? Believe it. World peace. Believe it. Peace in the multiverse. What's that? Like and all the and all the all the 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 harmony of all the parallel universes are well, like. Is, is it, it
3: possible? Yeah. I believe it's possible. Does it exist at the moment? No. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Great, exactly. great job. Great wow. job. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! I left I told out. That
1: was amazing. I left out monogamy. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That I, that's amazing. that's a
2: the episode. That, that Venusian ones it, was a new one. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. You, thinking, yeah. you ruined a perfect score. Dude, that one <laughs> <laughs> would have been our first perfect score. I Did was gotta, like, this I is, is it. it. High five on mermaids. Oh, for sure. Venusians
1: were in the live show. That's where I switched. I spiced it up a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, unicorns? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. I mean,
3: you know, here's the thing is uh I can't think of a reason why not. I love okay. that. Whereas like, you know, I think I guess you're supposed to play the game where it's like, prove it. But honestly, right. I play that game as like, well, you haven't proved I haven't prove seen proof of that it doesn't exist. Yeah. So exactly. I, like I should that assume attitude. that it does.
1: Well, this is why our audience loves you, and <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break and when we come back it's time for high strangeness. Nice Shh. wow.
2: Priceline. Just sit back, relax, and <laughs> enjoy the ride, Donna Lynn. It's time the
3: soothing for soothing tones of... <laughs> 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 Superproducer Riley <laughs> and
0: D.L. Champlin. <laughs> That was Bryce, actually. That was that was Bryce's smooth tones. No, yours. Oh, these yeah, smooth tones. Yeah. What? No credit
2: for my Whoa. smooth tones.
0: You sound like a like a radio DJ on like an easy listening <laughs> station. Mm, yeah. This letter comes yeah. from.
2: Oh, that's good. Maple, Wisconsin. That's really dear good. dear Bryce. Why dear are you Bryce? such a dildo? <laughs> <laughs> Shh, Mike, <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> that's you know, Donald and Everybody loves a good team. Sure. Batman and Robin. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, Mm -hmm. Mario and Luigi. But perhaps no other team would do more to impact our current Western history and influence not only the likes of Sir Francis Bacon, the father of modern day science, but to go on to play an integral part in the development of Western society, influencing secret societies such as the Rosicrucians, Freemasonry and the Golden Dawn, as well as 20th century occultists such as Jack Parsons, father of modern-day rocketry, Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible, and probably the most famous of all modern-day occultists, Alistair Crowley, who referred to himself simply as the Beast. I'm talking about none other than the OG magic men themselves, Dr. John D. and Edward Kelly. Are you familiar? I am not. Oh, you're going to love this. Born into a humble family with minor court connections in 1527, John Dee quickly distinguished himself as a brilliant student and soon rose to heights of European intellectual life, becoming one of the great scientific minds of Europe. Yet Dee sought not to master one subject, but the totality of all the sciences then available. This, for Dee, was a spiritual quest to know the mind of God. Mathematics. Mathematics. And like Alchemy. Numerology. (laughs) Spiritualism. And like many intellectuals of his day, he extended his studies into... Sexiness. Sexiness and occult philosophy, (laughs) seeking direct contact with higher spiritual beings that he hoped would help further his education. Also good manners. Yes, chivalry. Dee was a polymath of gargantuan proportion, English alchemist, mathematician, astronomer, geographer, astrologer, philosopher, and magician, a true Renaissance man. Dee owed his academic success to his work ethic. He slept just four hours a night and studied 18 hours a day. D's hard work paid off as he quickly became one of the foremost scientific geniuses of the 16th century, laying the groundwork for modern-day science. Yet why do we not know about him? We'll get to that later. Court astrologer to both Queen Mary I and Queen Elizabeth, who trusted Dee so much as to have him give her an astrological reading to determine the date of her coronation. According to legend, Dee conjured a windstorm which resulted in the defeat of the invading Spanish Armada. He is to Queen Elizabeth what Merlin was to Arthur, only he was real. Dee even invented the idea of a British Empire and was involved as a spymaster for the British court. Dee and Elizabeth would often communicate in secret and he would sign his letters with the secret moniker 007. Given to him by the none other than Queen Elizabeth herself. That's right. He was the OG James Bond, y'all.
1: He's also the Love inspiration that. of uh, for Prospero in The Tempest. That's who Shakespeare.
3: Really?
2: Yeah, uh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. So nice. yeah, yeah. D was also the editor of the first English translation of Euclid's Elements, and had more books in his own library than the universities of Cambridge or Oxford at the time. He hoped his books would one day serve as the foundation for National Library of England. Dee, along with Edward Kelly, whom we'll get to in a second, was responsible for the Enochian system of magical intercourse. Yes, I said magical intercourse. Emphasis on intercourse, everyone. Just I like a, the musical. <laughs> sort just of a heads up.
3: up. <laughs> <laughs> a little porny. Just a little porny. Oh,
2: that sounds great, right? With a <laughs> hierarchy a of angelic beings, a system of great importance in the magical technology of the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn and of Aleister Crowley. It's well believed that Dee himself was the true instigator of the Rosicrucian movement, an esoteric order that would have profound effects in the enlightenment of man, the French Revolution, and the formation of Freemasonry who would give the new world her spiritual and constitutional foundation. For D, his one true obsession was simple. Return man to his pre-fall glory in the Garden of Eden by hastening the apocalypse and bringing about the second coming of Christ by uniting all the religions of the world. A pretty simple task, I suppose. But a task that would require the help from a legion Not at all. of God's <laughs> archangels. But first, he must commune with them. And second, he must learn their secret language. Enter one, Edward Talbot, who was born at Worcestershire in 1555, but would change his name to Kelly after being employed by a D. Edward Kelly was like the bad boy of 16th century magic. Long black curly hair, black skull cap, you know, OG. Kelly was an apothecary's apprentice for a short while, which he may have fueled his fascination with alchemy. He studied at Oxford at around the age of 17, but was not there for long and left for one reason or another. He's probably kicked out for being too much of a badass.
1: Yeah, he was a punk. Yeah. He was a shithead punk who, he was, you know, anti authoritism he was a bit of a grifter and a con artist as well. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he, he got fired a
2: lot. Edward <laughs> Kelly led an unsavory life and is said to have dug up a corpse from the Lancashire graveyard at Walton Ladale invoking the spirit of the deceased by practicing necromancy and using it for the purpose of predicting the future. He is also said to have had his ears chopped off after being accused of forgery while working as a notary.
3: I love that he gets his ears chopped off for forgery. Yeah, go for the hands. How about, what what does he get for necromancy? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Kelly was restless
2: in his search for the elusive philosopher's stone. On March the 8th, 1582, Dee was introduced to the psychic scryer, Edward Kelly, and the two became acquainted. Now, we talked about this earlier. Scrying is the ability to gaze upon a stone or crystal or mirror, in the case of uh, uh, Bella Lugosi, Lugosi, and come in contact with otherworldly entities. Now, at first, Dee was unsure of Kelly's intent, but when Kelly, using Dee's shoestone, saw the vision of an angel, the partnership between the two men was sealed. More on Dee's shoestone later.
1: And this is important because Dee, while having this brilliant mind, didn't have much and practicing alchemy. He was really trying to turn lead and other metals into stone for Queen Elizabeth. Um, he, as brilliant as he was, he didn't feel like he had a conduit of, ma- like, magical conduit to the other side.
2: He needed a psychic scribe. So scriver. Kelly
1: shows up and he's like, I got you. Yeah.
2: I can talk to things in mirrors.
3: Oh. And perhaps, I, I'm having a hard time believing that's an angel, though.
2: Well, well, what Kelly had seen was the biblical angel Uriel. And Uriel gave Kelly the instructions for the making of a powerful magical talisman. With this talisman, the pair would be able to access the world of the spirits. Uriel also told them that the world contained four watchtowers, and each of these watchtowers has 12 gates. These gates are the entry points to angelic dimensions. Now to open these gates, one of the 49 angels' calls must be spoken in the language known as Enochian, the language of the angels, the language spoken in the Garden of Eden before the fall of man. So needless to say, Dee had found his man. Working together, the two were able to bring about the elemental table containing 624 letters, each of which were taken as a number from the cipher given by Kelly. The angels were said to tap out letters on a complicated table, something like a crossword puzzle, but with all the cells filled in. The first third were tapped out with each angelic word backwards, the following two thirds with each word forwards, there are no significant errors or discrepancies in word usage between the first and following parts.
1: A lot of time to kill in Mortlake
2: back <laughs> in <Yeah>. 1572. <laughs> crossword takes on a whole new meaning. Ne- needless to say, this was complicated at best. Author Jason Louve described Enochian magic as that of calculus, whereas something like ceremonial and chaos magic might be something as simple geometry. It's a
1: super... T- super, super complicated, super in-depth.
2: Now... Um, And the English translations were not tapped out, but according to Kelly, appeared on little strips of paper coming out of the angels' mouths. All the information given to the two men by the angels was written down word for word in an orderly fashion by Dee. Dee considered the dictation of the angelic material as highly important for three reasons. First, Dee believed the angelic represented a documentable case of true glossalia, phenomenon of speaking in an unknown language, especially in religious worship, thereby proving that Kelly was actually speaking with angels and not from his imagination. Second, the angels claimed that angelic was actually the original prototype of Hebrew and the language with which God spoke with Adam and thus the first human language. Third, The angelic material takes the form of a set of conjurations that are supposed to summon an extremely powerful set of angelic beings who he believed would be able to reveal many secrets, especially the key to the philosopher's stone. Another argument against Kelly's fabrication of angelic is that the English translations are in a very different style of writing to that of Kelly's own work, exhibiting a quality that seems beyond Kelly's own modest ability as a writer. What the angels told Dean and Kelly was sometimes radical, hard to take in, and often difficult for them to believe. On certain occasions, the angels spoke to the two men, telling them that no prayer should be made to Christ, there is no sin, and that Christ had robbed God of his honor. Okay. More and more contact was made with the angels over the coming years, sometimes with sessions lasting eight hours at a time. And the language of Enochian and its accompanying magical system grew. During the seances, Kelly was to speak in more than a few tongues, including Latin, Greek, as well as the Enochian language. In April of 1582, Kelly was told by another angel called Michael that he would need to marry. Kelly did not wish to, but in May of the same year, the angel Michael insisted on it. And so Kelly obeyed marrying a young 19-year-old girl called hey, Joan Cooper. Like marry of- that hot 19-year-old that
3: worst you... Irish you, mother ever. If you ever. need to get married!
2: Or
1: he's like, gosh, I, I, I guess
2: I gotta marry this hot, hot
1: 19-year-old, 19-year-old. Yeah, the angel
2: told I me do. to. Well, in 1583, in speaking through Kelly, Uriel prophesized that Mary, the Queen of Scots, would be executed and an attempt would be made to invade England. In 1587... Mary was beheaded, and in the following year, 1588, the Spanish Armada attempted the invasion of England. Uriel was right. Dee was introduced to Albert Lasky, Prince of Seregia in Poland, at a reception in Lasky's honor. Lasky was already aware of Dee's magical exploits and was keen for Dee to tell him of his future. And after hearing about Dee and Kelly's experiences with the angels, Lasky begged Dee and Kelly to accompany him back to Poland to continue their magical experiments. D and Kelly consulted the angels and to Poland they went. I wives think they and went all to Prague. In Poland, they did. They they travelled various places. Okay. D and Kelly became well known and were invited out to dinner with some of Poland's rich and famous, even gaining a place at the King of Poland's table. But alas it did not last long, and in May of fifteen eighty six, Dee and Kelly were expelled from Prague after <gasps> the two were accused of sorcery. Oh. The two men and their but wives. Prague's not in Poland. No. It's a it's Michael. Near.
1: I'm just curious
3: <laughs> <laughs> on their travels. On, on their, their travels, right, right,
2: right. <laughs> no, I should have because
1: uh, I know great, they did spend on,
2: like they spent some to time only in Prague, that Bavaria, a lot of Prague, the stuff, Prague, yeah. Poland. Yes, they, they, Paris, they, 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 Prague, they went around. Uh, the two, yes. Let's see. The two men were lucky enough to take up residency at uh, at a palace of Count Wilhelm in Rosenberg in Trebon. Now, while here, things took a nasty turn for Dee and Kelly in the form of a child spirit called Medimi. Medimi appeared to Kelly, telling him and Dee that by the will of God to share all things. Further adding, Nothing is unlawful which is unlawful to God. One committing adultery on my behalf shall be blessed eternally and give heaven her reward. And told the two they were to swap wives.
3: Oh, oh snap.
2: <laughs> yeah. This was a hard pill to swallow and did not go down well with Dee and Kelly, even less so with their wives. But the angels insisted, and so it must be done. And it was, as Dee would write in his journal. From here on, Dee and Kelly argued more and more, and within two years, (laughs) Dee had decided to return. Like any good rock band who... (laughs) Yeah. Swaps wives. Yeah.
1: Shit falls apart Things real got fast. got It's true. Shit got real. <laughs> too many drugs. Too many fucking each other's too wives.
3: Too many orgies.
2: Dee had decided the
3: to
1: return. Their best work was behind him. Time to end this
2: shit. It was. Dee had decided to return to England without Kelly. Back in England, Queen Elizabeth allowed Dee to continue with his experiments in alchemy unhindered. But when Elizabeth died, James I came in. And being not one for court astrologers and no. magical practice in general would no longer permit his presence, and so Dee moved back to Mortlake in retirement. In 1608, Dr. John Dee passed away and was buried a disappointed and penniless man at the place of his birth, Mortlake, and for the most part lost to history, save for those in the occult circle who know better. Meanwhile, Kelly went on to set himself up as an alchemist, possibly with the information given to him by the angels. He eventually ended up in Prague working for Emperor Rudolf to produce gold. While there, he died under obscure conditions in in 1595 at the age of 40. The general consensus surrounding his death is that he was imprisoned for not actually producing gold and fell from his tower while trying to escape. This will probably remain only a speculation, and his death will remain as mysterious as his life prior to his association with Dee. To quote from Jason Louvre's masterful work, John Dee and the Empire of Angels, Enochian magic and the occult roots of the modern world, which is a highly recommended book, I might say. The influence of Dee and the angelic system he and Kelly delivered to the world can be found in an astonishing number of the major turning points of Western history. Since Dee's death in the birth of modern science, in the creation of the secret societies that liberalized Europe and gave America its spiritual calling, in the creation of the state of Israel and its subsequent centrality to American foreign policy, and even in the genesis of the United States space program, in studying Dee and his work, we are studying the secret history of the world. And that's the story of John Dee and Edward Kelly.
1: Well done my oh, my yes, lad. Yes, well yes. Done. Well done. Yes. yes. Yeah, there's this great book called um, The Queen's Conjurer by Benjamin Woolley. And it's cool, there's a couple things like D, which was really cool is like D started out making like mechanical and wooden automatons, Holy like little cow. like little basically like wind-up robotics. Yeah. And he did a lot of, like, sets and special effects for theater.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, so is that, is that the character in Blade Runner, is that a reference to John Dee, then? Which, sort maybe. You know, the toy maker? Yeah, that's yeah. All the I wind mean, he maybe? was
2: doing all those sort of, like... Well, I have uh, some more information on that, Michael. D. first gained a reputation as a magician while at Trinity. He used his extensive Trinity and College. diverse studies to produce some very impressive stage effects for a production of Aristophanes, play piece... Eris- Arista- uh, stop Aristophanes' stop. play, *Peace*. Stop. His master, his masterpiece, was a giant mechanical beetle that was so shocking to audiences they assumed he must have made a deal with the devil to conjure such a device, and that sort of followed his reputation yeah. around for years. He was to like come. the
1: Julie Taymor of Trinity College, <laughs> like Julie yeah, yeah, was... yeah, like doing big wooden like right. puppets and set deck. But um, it's great. It's interesting because like the thing that I really like about this story i mean it's obviously fascinating but when it gets to the wife swapping stuff mm. there's this whole thing where when he went to i think his his wife's name was elizabeth or ann, or ann one mm, of the two yeah and she's like dude what she did not like edward kelly yeah but she, you know they lived in a different time when men are like, this is what we do. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. But John, she kept, everyone was like, why does John D like this guy? Why does he believe him and trust him so much? And when you read his letters to his wife about Edward, the language that he uses seems to me to imply that he was in love, love with, with this him. dude, mm. Mm. just infatuated with him because he, uh, Kelly had a really bad reputation as a grifter, but clearly was super charming, and clearly was brilliant in his own in his own right. He was like a rock star, you yeah. know. He was like one of these guys who was kind of a dirtbag, mm. but was a real like genius, yeah. and at least, and really good at getting people to follow him at least for a while. And I think John D was just in love with him, and then kind of, and then, and then everything soured after like they they swapped Mm. you know like it's an
2: interesting theory i had not i had not heard anything or read anything about it's when you
1: read he talks about his devoted love how much he loves Mm. him how much he's brilliant and you're just like this is coming up a lot. Well, kind of read between the lines. Yeah. Here. Well, he
2: did feel that with his work with Ed Kelly was was doing his divine plan, his his, you know, his job betrothed to him by God. And you know, in a sense he was and and, and, and for the more part, you know, they did witness all different kinds of of spirits and entities and even though it was Edward Kelly who would stare into that shoestone, which is still available at the at the British Museum to this day. Um, You know, there were multiple times when they would see spirits, uh, you know, interplay in that in that study that they were that they were working on uh, working in. Now, you know, this isn't the first time that we've heard of someone gaining incredible knowledge from otherworldly entity entities. John Nash, for instance, the Nobel Prize winning mathematician and economist who did critical work on game theory in the 1940s and 50s gave us the Nash Equilibrium. Now he believed that he had been recruited by aliens to save the world and that they were assisting him by sending him mathematical equations and that they later acted to end his career. When asked how he could believe in such an outlandish scenario, Nash replies, because the ideas I had about supernatural beings came to me the same way that my mathematical ideas did. So I took them seriously. And you know, it was very much the same with John D. I mean, the just the amount of information that that they got from these spirit readings, and like like I was saying, you know, they would take place sometimes eight hours a day, and this went on for about ten years or so.
1: Well, it's crazy too because their story really parallels in a lot of ways Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard, yeah, who were studying John D. and Edward yeah, Kelly right. stuff. Through the teachings of and writings of Aleister Crowley. Yeah. And Jack Parsons was one of the fathers of the rocket. He worked for the Jet Propulsion Lab. Well, he was a he, founding
2: member of yeah, the Jet Propulsion Lab. He was a founding
1: Lab. member, and he was basically one of the guys who figured out how to create a rocket for the United States government. Yeah. Also did tests at Edwards Air Force Base, yeah. which we covered on our live show. Meanwhile, L. Ron Hubbard is a sci fi writer who's like trying to find his way around. Totally went on to have a career where he was doing tax evasion, getting kicked out of London, getting kicked out of America. You know, kind of had this reputation of being a ladies' man, con artist, and then created this whole religion that, you know, later, but he and Jack Parsons were out in the desert trying to conjure, create, also shared a lot of girlfriends mm-hmm. and probably hooked up a lot yeah, themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they were trying to create Babylon, the whore of Babylon, mm-hmm. create a, a an antichrist through oh. this. Like they were trying to conjure this woman into existence that would bring about the end of the world because they, along with uh, Aleister Crowley and tracing back to John D, believed, hey, if we can just get to this so called apocalypse, yeah. we're gonna get to that heaven on earth the sweet spot the sweet
3: shit well it's funny with dianetics just having sort of i was in a religion class and we all picked religion nobody wanted cytology so i took it yeah and part of the first course is to read dianetics which is sort of like their primer yeah and i have to say i was incredibly shocked at how sound the metaphysics was
1: yeah,
2: oh yeah, there's a reason why people sign Dianetics up for it. Dianetics is yeah. a very
3: sound metaphysical thing. It's really, it's more the cultish yeah. well, uh, 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 thing around all it. This but st- the, all this
2: stuff has sound. to have a lure in order to hook. So well, I mean, that,
1: yeah. And also, there's a lot of great ideas in, in religion and in cults. It's usually mm. the, it's the human runs yeah, structure. The that uh,
2: shuts that shit down. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, as Michael would say, there would, you know, there would be no Jack Parsons without John D. There would be no Aleister Crowley without John D. I mean, this guy. Was the first James Bond without John D. Yeah, for real. Yeah, no. Yeah, they was signed. uh, That's so fascinating. No Prospero without John D. Yeah, and it's so fascinating. I mean, this guy was a navigational and mathematical genius too. I mean, he designed and implemented one of the first navigational tools that Francis Drake used to sail around the world to San Francisco Bay. So, I mean, history should be shining a huge light on John D. But it was his obsession with. With this, you know, bringing about the the, the apocalypse, and when and you know, look up the word apocalypse. It's not what you would think it is. It doesn't mean like it means gloom great, and doom. It, it means, means great reveal, a, a great revealing, a, a, a moving aside of the curtain. And and his all this idea was like if we could bring all these religions together, then. Man, that's when Christ will come back, and that's when we can return to our pre-fall of man glory. And that's what he wanted. He wanted to bring man. Back man glory. Man glory. Back Whatever. To man, man. Man, woman, man. It's a, you know, it's a... Humankind. Well, humankind. 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 Yeah. So sensitive. Um, but yes, anyway. You have a large female following him. Just yeah, Well, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i like it when dad gets a little hot under the collar dad gets hot. i'm not hot under the collar god damn it uh so what do you room. think
1: donalyn yeah. bullshit what? or believe it enochian magic angels what you said i don't oh.
3: think
2: these were yeah, angels it's, what the hell was that i believe yeah, but it's it diff.
3: i you know, it, I don't believe they were angels, though. I don't... I mean, I think they probably Mm -hmm. interpreted it as angels. Yeah. Because that was what they could... You know, what they felt comfortable naming it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it was a a negative or a positive. It might have been something from a completely different extraterrestrial no, intelligence. It could have been an alien. It yeah. could have been, you know... You know
2: what's interesting is it was Kelly... It was but Kel- I believe it, though. It was Kelly and not Dee who sometimes insisted that these were demonic entities and John Dee would crack the whip back to work, you know? Well,
1: also, John Dee knew that if there was word caught that they were doing black magic, they were they could have their fucking heads. the I just don't think... Because it's a super, I mean...
3: I think with angelic I, I feel like angelic stuff comes more from a place of light and passiveness where like they come to you while you dream or mm. they come to you in a in light or or a daydream or a meditative state. The act of conjuring implies to me something that just takes a lot more effort than a right. celestial Brain you know not to say again that it was bad i yeah. just i i don't think they were aimed i think
1: john d had his christian blinders on him mean, he came from a christian belief system yeah but so I that think kept him was...
3: safe but yeah, yeah tell everybody it's angels sure yeah, absolutely yeah. i would do it yeah, i would do yeah, it too yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah
1: oh they're angels it's here. Angels it's angels like, good mm. it's but God. even that mm. was like dude you're not allowed to talk to angels you can't talk to angels that's not
2: yeah it's not allowed but a fascinating character you know and, and and some could even make the argument that uh at the start of rosicrucianism when when those pamphlets were handed around in germany that you know their their founding forefather which was a fictional character named uh um Rosencrantz, that they that that uh, they were actually referring to john d himself so it, he might just be the original father of you know uh these modern occult societies that have really shaped america and uh, the French Revolution, like I was saying. So they've had a huge historical impact. So whatever de-conjured seems to uh, have an after effect or there seems to be aftermath to his events. No doubt about it.
3: Oh, sure. I think isn't there of course I can't remember I think it was Leonardo da Vinci where I guess somewhere in his life he like disappeared for two years or Einstein it was some obviously brilliant person they just kind of went off the map for two years and then came back and was like
2: oh my god
3: had all of this new information I think it's a Probably yeah. much more common than we well, there's yeah.
2: a channeling as yeah. opposed to well, a no, they go off thinking. into the forest, they they live in the cave, they and they a come back with a boon, a yeah. boon of information. There's
1: this great documentary called Jesus in India that was on PBS years ago. And looking at the historical Jesus and the idea, because in the Bible, you know, there's always missing book. time. Yeah. Uh, same with Shakespeare. Shakespeare disappeared for a long time, there was no
2: historical Did record you say Urantia book? Mm hmm. I just bought that at the. Uh... How I dig fun. it oh, my favorite no. section
3: is the is the Jesus section skip right to it. it's thick right. it's a lot of celestial it's very like Cult. Petty, Cult um deep. specific right, like here right. are the realms right. and here is the 1200 <laughs> right. mega the angels and here's the mini angels right. thick there mythology there is a section, section in there though that's fantastic and it's all about the life of Jesus and as someone who has raised Christian that was the first thing that opened my mind it's basically a channeling again it's a yeah, transcribing it's material and um, the whole thing about Jesus—he was married, he had kids, he was a fuck up. I mean, it was like, oh wow! But quite honestly, that rendition of Jesus is so much more believable to me as someone who was raised Catholic. Yeah. that I actually have more of a belief in Jesus as a person and his sacrifice when he's described like that.
1: Well, this, oh, that's so. So funny. this is different, oh, but sorry. exciting.
3: I, sorry, no, no, I like your No, 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 no,
1: no. Please, yeah. I mean, Riley and I had to stop um, Bryce and Grace from signing up for that cult um, (laughs) this past weekend. But um, no, but there's this this theory that basically, like... It is a cool book. You know, Jesus was kind of in Jerusalem, Nazareth, like... In Nazareth, like kind of marked as like, hey, this carpenter's son's a little special. Right. And of course, when that (laughs) happens, and as would happen with any man, there are just lots of like fathers coming with their daughters and suitors and everything. And basically, Jesus, in order to escape that, took the spice roads out to India, Mm. traveled to India, and trained with Buddhists and yogis and Hindu. Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me, too. In India and then came back to nazareth when he was in his late 20s early 30s having learned all of these ancient eastern practices and religions that wouldn't have had wouldn't have necessarily made their way into the middle east and he started blending that with judaism and out of that christian philosophy was was born yeah um but it's a really great thing because you can go to temples in india where there are all these scrolls are like yeah no 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 jesus was here he actually studied here two thousand years ago we have the yogi to yogi or monk to monk like records yeah. of who studied here and there's like we had jesus we had the historical jesus and um it's just a really fascinating They're uh like, right
2: there page 335 yeah. The Believe historical it. Jesus. Believe it.
1: but yeah but, right but, but like on the course, library course, card yeah. Yeah, yeah but of jesus course in western Christ. culture and of course in the christian official christian church we don't get any of that that's all not you know because
2: my, well, fa- Bible is written no, by my exactly. favorite jesus story yeah, 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 comes yeah. from terence mckenna jesus was a mushroom Santa's a mushroom. And Jesus, is Everyone's a mushroom. <laughs> yeah, man. No, but the, the 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 twelve disciples who wrote those books. You know, they 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 had come upon the. Amanita Muscaria. Yeah, anyway, you're you a know. mushroom, Grace. Well, you. Donnelly, <laughs> thank
1: you so much for joining yeah, us Yeah, what again. a great episode. Oh, you're such a fantastic so As guest. As always, and what a, a great thrill, story. Boom, um,
3: lifetime member. So, yes. Crazy X is all wrapped
1: up. What's next for you? Headed back to New York we City. We are.
3: We're going to head back um, in July and uh, sort of take the month of August to get ourselves reacclimated. And then my kid's going to. Start third grade. Well, we're and- going to miss you here in Los Angeles. Oh, and please, we're going to miss you too. Anytime yep. you're
1: in town, you got to come by the clubhouse and record an episode with us. Because I'm sure. Yes. Without you know, demon scratches, yeah, yeah, hard
2: pass. But uh, you don't need that I'm, to come by. I don't. Well, just, really sounds I don't like interesting stories.
1: Find find you, so we'll want to sure hear about your next do. adventure.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: where can people follow you on social media? Until now, uh, until then,
3: on the Twitter, I'm at DL Champlin, and um, on Instagram, I'm on a really annoying handle, which is like. Donna under slash Linda under sl- I don't even it know. sounds like
1: uh, Bryce set that up it's for you. It's so,
3: <laughs> so much work, you guys. Don't even bother with Instagram. But Twitter, I'm at DL Champlin. That's easy to remember. Great. Awesome. Yeah, uh,
1: You can find me. I'll ta- you know what? She'll be tagged in this episode's yeah. Instagram. So you just go there, you tap on it and uh, go follow Donna Lynn. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening to the show. We yeah. appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. um, we had the best time in, at, the, at, at Contact and uh, we hopefully will do some live shows that don't require a three-day pass or whatever it is to come see us (laughs) a wristband Uh, (laughs) a wristband uh you know that's not not necessarily the ideal situation for us but boy we're glad we got to see those of you that we did and uh here's to uh another exciting summer with bigfoot collectors club until next week i remain michael mcmillan for bryce johnson and riley bray and until we see you again you
2: should go get the rest bigfoot collectors club is produced by riley bray our theme song is come alone by sun eaters courtesy of lotus pool records if you like the show Please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month.
3: On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery.
1: It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't.
4: A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hey guys, Heather Ashley here,
3: host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people.